Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 642, recorded live on Sunday, July 5th, 2020. And here are your hosts, the man who played Pathfinder for his 4th of July, Dave Play. And the man who went to a playground and did yard work, Andy Lowe. Hi. Yard work in the playground? No, no, no. Or like went those to, were two separate things. We, we two separate things. We went to the playground in the morning. Okay. And then did and yard then, work in the afternoon. Yes, because it was you know, it was hot out, but then it, yep. we had a nice good cloud cover, so it wasn't really that hot. Yep. So, you know, we, we had the, some we had some tree branches that went down during one of the storms and it's brush pickup on Monday. So Oh nice. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of that. Yeah, no, uh, it was like, yeah, it's perfect time to do this i i also i guess celebrated the fourth of july on the third by watching hamilton i have not watched part of a viewing party for that oh man have you listened to it nope I have not heard nor seen anything Hamilton related at all. Nothing. So yes, no, I have zero, zero, absolutely none. Hamilton yes. visuals right. or music. Right. Do you have Disney Plus? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. So like watch it. Like after Isaac goes to bed, watch it. It's... What did we watched last night? We watched uh, Assembling the Avengers last night. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I it was it's some sort of documentary on the Avengers. Yeah, it was 2014. It was, I think, it was a, it was a documentary done before uh, Age of Ultron about you know the the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So you know we watched that one. I've I've watched all the in Imagineering uh, episodes, which is you know all about all the different Disney theme parks. Cool. Go watch Hamilton. Like legit. Uh, have tissue ready for Act Two. Well, that's the other thing. How long is Act 1 of... I think I could easily break it into... Because I know it's like 2 hours and 40 minutes long from start to finish. I don't think it's that long. Hamilton runtime. Let's find out. 2 hours and 55 minutes. Including one intermission. Including the intermission. The intermission on Disney Plus is one minute. They... Actually, did include uh, the the one minute intermission. Well, I'm, I'm guessing then it's 2 hours and 40 minutes. Somewhere around there. So, um... So I'm just curious how long, you know, Act 1's runtime is. Uh, a little longer than Act 2, I think. Yeah, normally, everything you need about Hamilton. I just want to know Act 1. Runtime is 2 hours, 45 minutes, including one intermission. Okay, what is Act 1? Uh, 70 minutes. Oh, the music is almost exactly the same. 70 minutes and 58 seconds for Act 1. 71 minutes and 15 seconds for Act 2. That's on the, the disc. So, you know, it's it's a little bit back and forth. There's a little wiggle room. But it's just over an hour hour okay i guess call it an hour and a half for each of them right it's almost three minutes for the whole th- or three hours for the whole thing call it an hour and a half for each of them yeah i think we'd have to split that in two acts okay do so all right like and then you can be prepared for like act two to have um tissues and and blankets and things to comfort each other with which it's funny because it's people are like oh i don't want to you know spoil hamilton i'm like um it's history you know <laughs> he dies <laughs> he dies Spoiler. He dies. I mean, it's it's in the opening song. I'm the damn fool who shot him. Yeah. So, like, you kind of know the ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know what's really funny is uh, the first time I actually learned that Hamilton got shot was actually a milk commercial. Yeah. Okay. There was a milk commercial where the guy is eating a peanut butter sandwich and he gets like a phone call, like radio show thing there for the grand prize. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. No, I know that commercial. I remember that. He can't <laughs> speak because he's got like peanut butter. Yeah. And it's, it's got milk. 
Oh, <laughs> learning my history through Schoolhouse Rocks and milk ads. Yeah. You know who was the director for those milk ads? The Got Milk? Who? Michael Bay. What? That's where he got his start was the Got Milk campaign. You No, no. You're can't. looking it up, aren't you? Yes, I'm looking it up right now. Oh my God, he did direct that. <laughs> He directed the entire Got Milk campaign. That milk commercial was directed by Michael Bay. (laughs) (laughs) He started his career high and just never got back up there. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) How the world turns. Yeah. No, seriously, go watch Hamilton. Uh, That's that's what I did. And I think uh, I was was talking with my friends who who we watched with. We're like, this might be like our annual Fourth of July tradition. Just every year, July 3rd, sit down and watch Hamilton. I feel like I would, you know, what was um, Independence Day? Yes, the movie Independence Day. Yeah, that's that's another good one. And then you can cry over watching the sequel going, oh. What sequel? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Andy. They made a sequel to Independence Day? Man, what next? A sequel to The Matrix? You joke about that, but now they're doing another one. I know, they're, they're looking at doing a fourth movie. Also, they made a sequel to Bill and Ted? Like, to the sequel of Bill and Ted. They're making a new Bill and Ted. Yes, or they're making they made. Which is funny, because, you know, that's... I love their premise for the, the new Bill and Ted movie. They're like, you know, Bill and Ted were supposed to have made the song that saved the world, but they haven't done it yet, and now it's just weighing on them. And so it's just like, oh, you know, that's a it's an interesting premise. Yep. So should we hit uh, topics? Because we can talk about a TV topic on here. I mean, we we can, I suppose. Um, because the guys who did Westworld uh-huh. are developing a Fallout TV series. Wait, 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 wait. Didn't that just already happen with the video games? They took Fallout Shelter and they made a Westworld ripoff of it and they got sued because they used the same code base? Yes. So now they're going the other direction. Yes. Now they're taking a the, the Westworld show and they want to make a Fallout TV show. Yes. So here's the problem I see with that. It will never be better than the fan-made Fallout show. There's a fan-made Fallout show? There was a fan-made series called Nuka Break. Fallout Nuka Break. Go search that. Fallout. A live-action fan-made web series by Wayside Creations set in the Fallout game universe. Uh, setting is derived from Fallout 3 and Fallout Vegas. <laughs> season one. <laughs> second season begins October 28th. I, I, don't, see a, I don't see a second season. Uh, second season was released on October 28th, 2013. Oh. They also made a, a film called Red Star. Oh, so there's uh, seven, six episodes? Nice. All right. 15 episodes plus one pilot plus one special. But I'm, I'm looking at only... I'm, on the I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Oh, I only see six episodes on YouTube. <laughs> okay. So... It might not have the rest of them on YouTube. It is... It, it's good, though. Like, and... And I don't know how well they'll they'll be able to do who's so it's, you said it's the people who did Westwood, but like or West uh, Westworld Westworld. Thank you, not Westwood. Uh, Westworld, but like who's producing? No, is no, this it's, Netflix. It's, is this uh, Amazon? Is Amazon Studios? Amazon. Yes, Amazon Studios has licensed the right. They got the producers from Westworld to helm it, and they're going to do a series. Okay. 
Bethesda's official blog has linked to the series and called it a great work. Obsidian Entertainment, the developer of New Vegas, uh, has confirmed the Nuka Breaker DLC is a reference to the series. So not only did the fans like it, but the studios actually liked it and said, like, yeah, it's fine. (sighs) I don't know, Andy. I know. I don't know. I know. God, I still got to play New Vegas. You got to do a lot of things. Yes, yes, I know. Yes. And... (laughs) And and I believe I've mentioned, like, it may be easier to watch someone play New Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend Many a True Nerd, his YouTube channel. He's the guy who's done, like, um, No Healing. He, he did all of New Vegas and the DLC and and was not allowed to heal. He's also done a pacifist run where he was not allowed to kill anything. And he has done a kill everything run where he literally killed every killable NPC. So you, you did a run where he didn't kill anybody and then he did a run where he killed everybody? Yep, the kill everything run. Okay. Uh, let's see, he's also done, yeah, so Fallout New Vegas, you only live once. Uh, where where he wasn't allowed to heal. He did Fallout 4 with no guns, evidently. He did Fallout 3, you only live once. Uh, there's a kill everything. I swear he's done one where he didn't kill anyone. It's just not listed there. Oh yeah, these are some of the best videos. So like, if you want to see someone do super survival and, and go through Fallout New Vegas because he knows the game so ridiculously well, uh, here's the link. I, I highly encourage viewing of this because, let's face it, you aren't going to have time to play fallout when's number two due uh in a couple weeks okay (laughs) related the podcast might be going on a slight hiatus we'll see how it goes we'll we'll see how that goes (laughs) yeah uh yeah we'll see how this goes okay uh other topics as we're talking about this stuff yep let's see what else we got here i i have a i have a non-topic on the like huh i wouldn't have guessed that front okay for you, you gotta bear with me for one reason or another i was looking up parallel port wiring schematics okay there are 25 pins on a parallel port oh i know i know all about db25s Okay. Do you know that pins 18 through 25 are all ground? Not all the time. Are you sure? Uh, well, depends on your... In the, in the spec, uh, in particular for printing. Oh, for printing, yes. I've I've had uses of a DB25 where there's only like one or two ground in the whole thing. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't the pins... I guess the, the internal wiring doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, it's just a wire. But like, the standard port, especially the... Or at least the standard printing port, uh, pins 18 through through 25 are all ground that's not a topic that's just i i found this out because reasons why are you using a tb25 i'm not don't imagine that like i was actually doing this for for a reason of like oh i need to do this this wiring thing no no it just it kind of came out that way <laughs> yeah i'm trying to find a, an image that i can send you of what i've been using db25s for because yeah some of the older satellite receivers would put everything on a single db25 and so you know i mean if you just have 25 individual electric signals yeah that'll work yeah so yeah i would I was uh, what i like what i actually was doing and i can maybe send a picture of this to you uh i don't remember if i had this hooked up last week or not i made a a, a little uh, arduino keyboard plugin did i talk about this last week uh, i don't remember i got a 16 uh 16 key keypad okay and plugged that into an arduino and plugged that into my keyboard which is to say into my computer it doesn't have to go through my keyboard it just goes into the computer Oh, and you're me, using it that for to some plug sort of like auto hotkey sort of thing, or exactly. I've actually mapped it. Um, the first twelve of them to F13 through F12, 
Because did you know that your your computer has F13 through F24? Did we talk about this last week? I think we talked about it last week. <laughs> I just think both of us don't remember that we talked about this last week. I'm going to have to go back and listen to last week's episode and be like, ah, we did talk about this. Yeah, because I've been wanting but to do that with some of our um, with our, some of our radio automation stuff. And our fo- mm. I had to set up auto hotkey for our phone automation stuff, too. So You're using auto hotkey for phone? Phone automation. Yeah, no. Uh, we had an we old. Definitely phone si- did not talk about that last week. We have an old. We had we had an old phone system um, that was not you know supported anymore by the manufacturer, and the uh, buttons were all um, conductive, like painted. If that makes any sense. Okay. I forgot. I forgot exactly what the type of the buttons were, but they always had a problem. After a while, you know, if you would just use the button, it would slowly rub away the electrical contact. That's a bad idea. Yeah. No, it was something that you know was at the time was cheap to implement, but you know, after twenty, thirty years, the buttons just stop working. So yep. We had to get a new phone system. The problem was the old phone system had a computer interface, so the person could you know type buttons, and then you could type messages to the other person, and they could look at the screen and go, "Oh, Bill's on line one, and he wants to." To talk about you know this thing and you know <clears throat> this person's online too there was a way of doing that in the phone system we get the new phone system and it's got a gooey interface oh and you know our guy was so used to having the keyboard interface and i talked to the company about it and they're like oh yeah no if you get our subscription plan then we can add keyboard interfaces to you know a keyboard interface into the gooey system but on the free plan no and i'm just like i'm, I'm not paying <laughs> not paying this you know x amount of dollars per month just so we can have keyboard shortcuts so we literally set up auto hotkey to map the old keyboard commands from the old system (coughs) into the new system's gui interface so when he would press f1 we tell auto hotkey to click this box yeah now did you did you use the like control send where you don't actually have to even have it like move the mouse and click on it it just tells the system this button got a click uh, we did all of ours through XY coordinates. So okay, I- that's that's the common way. There's a there's a deeper way where when you click the mouse on a button in in a program, the operating system says, "Oh, hey, program, the mouse was clicked here." And the program says, "Okay, this is the control that's at that place. I will fire the event for that control." You can tell Auto Hotkey to say, "Fire the event of this control getting a click." It doesn't even need to move the mouse. It doesn't even need to use the mouse. It doesn't need to do any of that. It just tells the control directly, "You were clicked." How does it? How does it know? You have to get the control ID. So I have to start digging into their program then? Nope, because you can use the uh, auto hotkey spy to get the control ID. Hold on, I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right, that sounds good. Uh, the well, nice thing is it means that the program doesn't need to be in the foreground. Yes, that's the problem is the fact that um, we had a monitor go out and so they swapped monitors on me Yep. Um, and then they forgot to tell me, which I feel like, you know, being the IT guy, you kind of tell me when you... Yeah. Yeah. Might might want to know. Yeah. Uh, control, control, send, control, check, uncheck, enable, disable, show, style. But yeah, no, since the monitor was a different resolution, when we put the thing full screen, the XY coordinate grid moved. Was moved. Yeah. So I had yeah. to, I had to remap all of the XY coordinate grids to the new monitor. There. Control click. All right. It, it takes a while to like understand and get used to it, but you can do it depending on the program. It depends entirely on the software. Well, I'll have to check the software. Because, yeah, no, this was it was just kind of ridiculous. It was like, oh, yeah, no, we'll get you keyboard shortcuts if you if you pay for the subscription. And I'm just like, uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> no. Why pay for the subscription when I can mess around with auto hotkey? Well, that was the same and... thing. There was there was a program that we used to have called, I think, uh, Radio Spider. This thing was set up 
basically you would you would just basically program in you know it would pull from ftp sites it would pull from you know http sites it would just it would set it up there and you would say hey you know i want to pull it from there this is the basically the algorithm of what the file name is going to look like and we want you to change it to this and move it over here and um had this software forever i think over a decade and we wanted to move it to a new server so i contacted the company about hey how do i you know we own the software how do i move it to the new server and they're like well what's your uh what's your serial number and i'm like i don't know it's it's been over 10 years and three different it people (laughs) we we have lost that information we we do not know where that information is and they're like oh well then you're gonna have to get a new license and now it's a monthly license and so we had a license And it was a monthly license per station. But we had a license. I know. We had one license for the whole building, one-time purchase, no problem. We had, And they're yeah. like, sorry, we can't help you. You have to get a new subscription license per station. And we're just like... But, but we legit have a license. That's a violation of contract. We didn't want to fight them, especially since yep. I just looked at it and went, all right, give me give me a couple of days and I'll get WGit to run this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I just installed WGit on all our servers across the <laughs> across the, my markets. And I just said, OK, <laughs> off to the races. And I've got WGit commands and some basic command line scripts, especially my favorite ones are the ones where I can actually do day and month. Nice. Where I said, hey, OK, you know, add, you know, set, you know, rename it for today. And then after you rename it for today, add plus one to day command and if day is higher than month command you know you know transfer to next month and then reset day counter back to one and this is all done in command line it's just like i knocked it out not bad yeah except i keep on forgetting about leap years leap year (laughs) Um, yeah that that bit me in the butt four years ago and i completely forgot about it until this year and it's just like well shoot (laughs) yes so i just there's probably like a date API call you can make for like is leap year. Not sure. My thought is I'll just put a reminder in on January 1st of 2024 on my calendar. (laughs) Yeah. To modify date command and change February to 29 days rather than 28. And then leave yourself a note for four years after that, or or rather for a year after that, right? You have to change it back. Yeah. So that's what I've got. I've got two calendar in, you know, reminders, (laughs) January 1st, 2024, change February to 29 days, and then, yeah, 2025. What you could do is actually, um, you could schedule the change back on February 29th. Oh, that's true, yeah. And just every February 29th, you have it remind you to change it back. Because February 29th only happens every four years. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there we go. You need to, to remind yourself every four years to change it to 29 days. But then, yeah, trying to figure out the code for, you know, is leap year, you know, then change this command to this one rather it's like, you know what? I'll just go into the program and literally change one number. Yeah. <laughs> Call it good. Yeah. Uh, probably back to topics. Uh, speaking of subscriptions, uh, Han, Hans pointed me to this topic. Yeah. That BMW is pulling a Tesla. They are charging people a subscription for services like autopilot. Um, not even that. Okay. So BMW is planning to move some features of its new cars to a subscription model. Yeah. But they're talking like everything like heated seats. Huh. So you get a BMW, you know, second hand. Yeah. Yep. Heated seats not activated. Yeah. Car has heated seats, but you can't activate it. So you'd have to go, my guess, to a BMW dealer and they can, you know, put a, you know, one month trial for heated seats. 
And then if you uh, if you like it after the trial period, you can book the service for one or three years. You know what this reminds me of is is not Tesla, but Canon. Canon was doing this. So yes and no. There was no subscription. Uh, but it turns out it is cheaper to just mass produce the boards with all of the options and all of the op- like abilities and all the things and then add in limiters for their different camera models than it was to design boards for each of their different cameras. So a low-end Canon actually had the same hardware as the high-end stuff. Oh yeah, no, Cisco does that now too. Cisco. But the nice thing is with a camera, uh, it, it doesn't phone home. No, that's true. So there are patches that you can install to unlock the full suite of tools. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, Cisco Cisco has that as well, where they basically give you the box and then the iOS software inside the box is how the, your Cisco router is regulated. Yeah, and so, of course, you know, with Cisco, like, it, it has to phone home. Yes, it, the purpose of the router is to be on the internet. <laughs> So Although you you could technically if you knew enough about what's going on you could change the the local DNS so that if it's searching for Cisco's server it actually just redirects somewhere where you're like yep everything's good checks out there are there probably are ways of going around it, but yeah, no, Cisco's latest stuff there, especially you know buying Cisco routers secondhand is they have to be reauthorized and it's. It's a whole big thing. Granted, you know, I have one of their switches that I, you know, got from a secondhand thing. And, um, you know, that one, that's fine. It's a, it's a switch. It doesn't really, you know, phone home because it's a switch on a private network that has no internet access. So, yeah, yeah I can't believe BMW is doing that. That just... I feel like it's their way of, you know, <clears throat> automakers get, you know, it's a one-time purchase and there's there's no continuous revenue stream. So now this gives yep. them an option of having a continuous, you know, it's like it's like used car salesmen where they have so that same I'm, car. I'm I'm totally okay with it if it means that they're lowering the initial price. Yes, but the question is, are they going to lower the initial price? Right, and and also it, it should lower the resale value of the car. Yeah, no, if if that happens, that's good. If that doesn't happen, then this is just them trying to, you know, hand over fist. <clears throat> yeah. So, I, yes, if this actually, you know, allows the, the car base price of the car to be cheaper. It, it probably won't. Yeah. Now, my favorite part here is that, you know, this, uh, when was it, back in... Uh, yeah, last year, BMW had previously charged $80 per year for BMW owners to use Apple CarPlay. So it's not totally new. No, but now in the 2019 and 2020 models, CarPlay will be free and I do believe standard. But yeah, no, even in the past, yeah. Oh, you want to use Apple CarPlay? 80 bucks. Um, EGX is digital. Yep, EGX, normally held in September in London, has decided to go all digital and basically just team up with PAX Online because that's already during the same time span. Yeah. Which also, EGX is also owned by ReadPop, so... So it's already the same people anyway. Yeah, it's already the same people doing the same thing, owned by the same company. Yeah, it's been literally a PAX this year. Why'd you say you were starting to uh, break up on me here? Uh-oh. Is it, is it going to literally be part of PAX? I think you asked, is this literally going to be a part of PAX? And the answer is yes. Okay, I did ask that. Okay. And that's concerning me. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, oh my. I have a constant ping going uh, to, to Google's DNS server. And yeah, for that section, it just kind of like ah some timeouts little bit of packet loss it should be back by now yes no it's you sound fine now yes okay i've been having some pretty severe internet issues (laughs) i love it internet issues (laughs) 
Right. So um, we can actually swing that into another topic. Sure. If, if we want to risk it going out again. Uh, <laughs> we'll, do three we stri- just... we'll do three strikes. We've already gotten okay. two strikes. If it goes All out right. again. Two strikes. Then, if it goes yeah. out again, we're jumping to the randoms. <laughs> and just calling it good from there. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was a, a professor at a professor of economics at Stanford who did a study back in 2014 on working from home. <laughs> um, no surprise, he's doing another study on working from home during you know the COVID nineteen pandemic. Sorry, I was eating a double chip cookie while waiting for Dave to come back and, and didn't have milk. Evidently, somebody get Michael Bay on the phone. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> R.A. Podcast, now with more explosions. I was going to say and lens flare, but no. Does but that Michael was, Bay use the Wilhelm? I don't know. Uh, Wilhelm Scream list. Films that have featured the Wilhelm Scream. Good. Now I want to cross-reference this with films by Michael Bay. Oh, awesome. I kind of can. Uh, doesn't look like it in the top hundred. Michael B.A.Y. Nope. Films list order. Do I, can I do it by their director? Nope. Compact view. There's 152 movies that are in this list of films that feature the Wilhelm scream. Uh, release date. But it only goes up to 2010. No one has updated this list in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Most recent film listed here is Tron Legacy. Oh my goodness. That's a bad list. <laughs> Wikipedia, maybe. Nope. I've got 444 titles here on um, IMDb that have Wilhelm Scream on them, but I don't think I can refine it anymore. But do you, if you're looking at them as like a list view, it should say director on it. I just have title and date right now. So oh. I, just, I know. Okay, so you, you have title and date. Uh, Michael, he hasn't done that many movies. Oh my god, he's done a lot of movies. <laughs> and they're all crap. Um, okay. I mean, they're all like Transformer, right? That's that's most of his movies is Transformers. Why are they making A Quiet Place Part 2? They killed half the cast in Part 1. Well, spoilers. Oh, come on. It's a two-year-old movie. <laughs> and there were like five people in the cast. I think there might be... Uh, okay, so I searched Michael Bay, Wilhelm Scream, and I got the most popular Wilhelm Scream movies and TV shows, and I got one that says Michael Bay, starring Shia LaBeouf, Megan Fox, Josh Demel, and Tyrese Gibson. So there might be a Transformers movie that used it. Okay. So yeah, let's check that. Wilhelm Scream. I don't remember how we even got onto this at this point. Transformers, let's see. I was thinking of like Michael Bay and sound effects and explosions and then somehow the Wilhelm Scream came up into that and now here we are. Welcome to Random Access Podcast, everyone. Uh, Yeah, in the original Transformers, Sam kicks a robot so hard a throw over the mining plant has a Wilhelm (laughs) Scream in it. So yes, there is a Wilhelm Scream in the original Transformers and also so fall of Cybertron. So yes, okay. there, there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we got there, but yes, there have been Wilhelm screams in Michael Bay movies. Wow. But yes, no. Right now, according to the Stanford <clears throat> professor's study, forty-two percent of the U.S. labor force right now is working from home full time. That's a lot. Another thirty-three percent are not working, which is also a lot, and the remaining twenty-six percent are essential service workers are working on their business premises. So right now, as we speak, the U.S. is a working from home economy, and the work from home employees now account for more than two thirds of the U.S. economic activity. So uh, he's also, you know, talked to different business. And they expect the um, the share of working days spent at home is expected to increase to about twenty percent 
after this whole thing gets over. All I know is my company keeps trying to be like, come back to work. No, wait, don't come back to work. No, wait, don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's yeah, they would like us to be there, but also no. <laughs> Yeah, 65% of Americans reported having fast enough internet capacity to support workable video calls. 35% said they don't have, they have poor or no internet at home, which... I mean, I'd be in that 38% right now. <laughs> yeah, right now, yeah, Dave, we will probably be in that percent. Like, come on, come on. The worst part about it is, like, with Spectrum, I called in, he's like, oh, yeah, no, power surge must have, like, done something with your equipment. I'll, I'll reset it from here. It should be good to go. I'm like, that sounds wrong, but okay, whatever. You're a nice guy, and you you did help out, and it, it's working now, sure. Person number two. Oh, uh, well, we, we had you reset it, um... I have no notes here about any sort of power surge, but uh, you should probably just replace your modem. Call number three. Uh, oh, you replaced your modem. Well, I'm noticing a, a local outage in your area. It's probably just the weather. How does weather affect a sealed cable? I don't know, but we had a local outage. I like, this is bullshit. This has been going on for a month now. And so I said when, when she was talking about like, oh, it's a, a local outage. I'm like, okay, so if it's not the local outage and it's, you know, the same issue that's been going on for three weeks, is there a way I can skip the, the line? Like, this is stupid. This is ridiculous. Nope. Sorry. God damn it. Yeah, no. I We just added uh, Spectrum Internet to one of our transmitter <laughs> sites because um, I, I called up AT&T. And they're like, oh, we could get you a phone line out there, just a phone line, no internet, just a phone line, and it would be um, like 60 bucks a month. And I'm like, hmm, I call up, you know, I'm out there and I'm looking and the neighbors, you know, are out on their front porch and I ask them, hey, do you guys have cable? They're like, oh yeah, we got Spectrum. And I call up Spectrum and they're like, oh yeah, no, we literally have everybody on that road opposite of your transmitter building is a Spectrum, you yeah. know, user. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. no, we can get you internet with a static IP address for 80 bucks a month. And I'm like, hmm, dial-up phone for 60. <laughs> High-speed internet. High-speed internet with static IP address for 80. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, I originally called them up, and I'm like, okay, I'd like this added to our regular account. And they're like, sure, no problem, we can do that. And like, I gave them my account number and everything. And then I get a bill, and it's an entirely separate account number. And I'm just like, well, that's not what we asked. So then I call them up, and I spend an hour on the phone to try and get these two accounts merged. And then... Um, I get the accounts merged and we get, you know, this weird, we get two weird bills. One of them has the merge account. One of them doesn't. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. And I talk to our person and she's like, oh, actually, can we get these separate? And I'm just like talking to our accounting person going, you just told me to together, but now you, uh. yeah. So I, I call up Spectrum again and I get transferred to eight different sales or customer service people. Cause somebody's like, oh, this is not our department. You got to go here. And they're like, oh, no, this is a certain type of account. You got to go here. And then just keep passing me around in circles. And they're one of the ladies like, well, how did you get our thing there? I'm like, well, the six previous salespeople had me transferred all around. So yeah, no. I'm glad we have internet out there. Just can't believe it took that long to just try and get these things separate from so many different salespeople because they're probably also all working from home. Yep, we're in trouble. <laughs> like that's that's kind of where it is because we have no options. Nope. All right. Nope. We we have what, what we was given to us. Yep. Well, the other the other thing the guy points out here is the fact that city centers are probably going to start to you know if if we're at working from home twenty percent of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, your city center is not going to, you know, your restaurants, bars, shops. That there, there are fewer people there. Yes. See, but like, 
I'm working from home, but if I could go out, I would be going out probably more often than when I was working at work. Because right now, and maybe it's I'm in a you know a rather weird kind of unique-ish position uh, because like I'm making my meals two times a day when I'm used to making my meals one time a day. Yeah. So I'd I'd probably be eating out more often. See, you know, I'm still been going into work every single day. Essential employee. Yep. I've actually been eating out um, less with this. Well, because everything's closed. Yeah. You know, trying to, you know, so, you know, granted, Burger King keeps on giving me like crazy deals in their app where it's just like, hey, you know, spend a dollar, get a free Whopper. I, okay, I can, then it's not free, right? But if you're yeah. spending a dollar, the Whopper is not free. I know, it's but... It's cheap. Yeah, so I've been doing things like that, and it's just, you know, or I've been... Uh, when we order pizza, I order some more food and bring that later in for lunch. I've been doing these new uh, spicy um, instant ramen noodle bowls. So my, my salt content is probably through the roof right now. <laughs> just drink a lot of water. Yeah. So do you think that we're going to have 20%... Working from home in the future? I don't know. I do not know. I think more more companies will allow it. Yeah, because what? Yeah, Twitter's saying you can work from home forever. I think Facebook said the same thing. You know, I'm watching our sales department. You know, they used to have in-person meetings every morning and every afternoon. So everybody would come into the office, stand around in a room, talk about their plans yeah. for the day. Go out, That's do not their- a thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. You know, go out, do their sales pitching, and yep. then come back at the end of the day and say, you know, what, what worked, what did, and that sort of thing. They're, now they're just doing it all on Google Meet. And, you know, we're having so many, you know, I've been to so many manufacturer webinars because the, the, big, the big conference got canceled in Vegas. So they're having, like, webinars saying, hey, this is our new software. This is our new hardware. Let's show you how it works. Who's got questions? And they would just have, like, you know... 40 minutes of Q&A after they would talk about their stuff. So it, yeah. Most of my stuff could be set up remotely. I, you know, I even talked about having a plan of just putting everything, you know, in the transmitter building and then just telling, you know, doing everything else remotely. Good I mean, work. Your, your work does have an element of like hands-on, moving cables, plugging things in. Most of the stuff now, though, is IP-based. You know, if I, if I... It's all virtual cables? Yeah. I've got a satellite receiver out at a transmitter site that has no, uh, it literally just has two, two cables plugged into it. Well, three, one, one is power. Yep. The other one is, um, internet so I can access it remotely. And the other one is, uh, digital audio over another network. So it's literally just got three, three cords plugged into the back of it. All the relays, everything else, everything is done virtually. I've got multiple audio signals coming out of it. All the relays are done completely virtually. It's everything is just three cables and I'm done. And that's the way that's the way everything's going now. It, I, I can control that thing entirely remotely as so, you know, I, I don't even need to be in the building anymore. Yeah. So it's, you know, I our, our radio people do remotes all the time, you know, just make the remotes permanent. Heck, uh, you know, most of uh, who is it? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper does his radio show from his house. John Tesh does the same thing. They do all their stuff from their house. Bill O'Reilly used to do his show from his house all the time. I think even uh, there's uh, the BBC radio network. The whole BBC radio network is basically all virtual now. So do you think, I mean, what's what's your take on the 20%? Is that realistic? One out of five people is working from home? Well, right now, it's you know what, 42% is working from home full time. Just in the future, yeah. having everybody work from home one out of you know, five days. Yeah. I could see that. Granted, okay. you know, they're not going to be as productive. Uh, I mean, that's, that's debatable. 
There are definitely days where I'm more productive at home than I would be in the office. I also don't have a three-year-old running around. <laughs> I was going to say, have you heard Isaac in the background building with Megablock? I, I, I will point out I do not have a three-year-old running around, so I can understand why for some people that is not the case. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it'd be interesting to see how this all plays out. Be interested to see how your strategy plays out. Mm-hmm. Go watch Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Half our listeners are like, oh, yeah. See what else we got here. A couple of suggestions. You can lighten Sedley West. Speaking of remote connections, Dish now owns Boost Mobile. And uh, uh, that was previously Sprint or AT&T. Who owned Boost? That used to be T-Mobile. Okay. Or, T- or Sprint. No, it was Sprint. Okay. Sprint Boost Mobile. Yeah, it was Sprint. Yeah, it was Boost Mobile and Virgin Mobile. And yeah. both of those basically have combined and they are now owned by Dish. And Dish is not owned by AT&T. God damn, this is like a really bad game of Monopoly. Yeah, D- Dish is its own thing. DirecTV is owned by AT&T. Dish is not. Granted, people have been talking about trying to get Dish and DirecTV to merge. <sighs> Tell me how you really feel, Andy. I, for one, welcome our corporate overlords. I don't. No, neither and do neither I. neither should you. No. So yeah, so Boost Mobile, 9 million subscribers running on T-Mobile's network for the next seven years. Okay. Dish paid $1.4 billion for it. These are numbers that are going to make me sad, aren't they? Well, this this was part of the T-Mobile Sprint merger, yeah. So Sprint finally, or T-Mobile finished that off. So yeah, no, that's that part of it is now official. Dish now owns Boost. Uh, which maybe this is finally time for Dish to actually use all that wireless spectrum that it bid on over the years. Mm-hmm. They won't. Spoiler. They'll just hold on to T-Mobile's network for the next seven years and hope at some point that they get bought up by DirecTV. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And then Boost <laughs> becomes an AT&T wireless thing. Ugh. Um, the other thing, as soon as that was taken care of, T-Mobile literally the next day said that they're shutting down Sprint's legacy 5 gigahertz network. Uh, will that affect me? I don't know. Do you have uh, a 5G phone? No. Okay, then it won't affect you because it's the 5G okay. network at 2.5 gigahertz. Okay, you said you said 5 gigahertz network, and I'm like, that oh, doesn't sorry. sound No, no, good. no. Their 5G network. Their 5G network is on 2.5 gigahertz. Okay. T-Mobile that has... like everything is on? Like your microwave is on? Uh, well, no, your microwave is 2.4. Oh, okay. I guess 0.1 gigahertz is still quite a, a ways off. Yes. In the grand scheme of things, yes. Yes, it is. So, yes, no, now T-Mobile has deactivated Sprint's 2.5 gigahertz network. basically The 5G to, network. The 5G network, basically to just reconfigure and redeploy it as their own 5G network. Which was totally expected. Yeah. Right? That was part of the reason for the merger was for their, their entrance into 5G. Yes. T-Mobile would like to... To break into the 5G market kind of sucks if you had a Sprint 5G phone. Well, they're saying um, uh, plan to alert users who brought who bought Sprint 5G phones that they would need new devices and that they would get um, credits towards T-Mobile's 5G phones if their phones did not work. Mm. Oh, that's that's kind of nice of them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, current customers who currently lease or finance a 7 Pro LG, blah, 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 and are paying more than $10 a month will get a Samsung Galaxy S20 5G for $10 a month with a new 18-month lease. And then there's some other ones there. They will also get another different phones. Um, are, oh, and are paying less than $10 a month will get a Samsung Galaxy S20 5G for $0 a month with an 18-month lease. So we'll see. Granted, you know, T-Mobile's net, current 5G network is in 600 megahertz spectrum, so now you've got 
2.5 gigahertz, 600 megahertz. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how this all lands out. It's again, it's like a giant game of Monopoly. Yeah. Right. It's a or, or a version, a variant of Monopoly that has a lot more trading going on in it. So who owns Perhaps what companies? Because everyone who who plays. Like there's two cut two types of players, right? There's the companies and the consumers, and it feels like the consumers always lose. Yeah, that sounds about right. Qualcomm made a new smartwatch chip. First time in six years. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that. And people want to know why Wear OS did not really advance at all. Because no one's made chips for it. Yep. So with the new Qualcomm chip yep. and Fitbit now being owned by Google. Yep. Is there another? I don't know. Does this finally put all the pieces in line to actually have a Google watch to fight the Apple watch? No. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. Probably not. Nope. Um, It it, maybe we'll get a competitor. Maybe we'll get like something out of it, but not. It won't be a a direct Apple watch competitor, which is too bad because we could really use one. Well, that's surprising. What's that? Just got a text from work asking about the Tigers game. Is there a Tigers game? (laughs) I was like, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, no one's no one should be going and watching. No, regular season is supposed to start 23rd, 24th. Yeah, they're doing like a workout session, evidently, according to the Detroit Free Press Twitter an hour ago. Yeah, but like no one's watching. Yeah, I was looking at the schedule here and I'm like, wait a second, this is the old schedule. Yeah. Are they are they messaging you about a canceled schedule? I don't know what's going on. I Okay. I was like, Tiger's game? What? What? <laughs> what? Why? Not, not today. What? Not right now. Um, 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 Boeing says they are no longer making the 747. So they're not making the 747. The 737 Max is technically still grounded, trouble. right? Yeah, I lost track of that somewhere around March when all air travel stopped. <laughs> Flight Journal says Boeing takes one step forward and two back on 737 MAX rehabilitation journey. So it, it's getting forwards, but yeah, no, now now would be a good time to get everything recertified because there's not really much international flying going on right now. Nope, everyone's just kind of um, stopped. Yeah, let's see. Oh, uh, price was rele- a price was announced for a PS5 and Xbox Series X game. Oh, did we hit that time of, of cycle again? NBA they, 2K21. Yeah, $70, isn't it? Yep. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yep, we have finally reached the $70 price point. Well, we'll see. We'll see, right? That that still has time to balance out. Well, the former PlayStation exec was asked about the game pricing at a conference last month, and he told attendees at the event, it's been $60 since I started in this business, but the cost of games have gone up 10 times. If you don't have elasticity on the price point, but you have huge volatility on the cost line, the model becomes more difficult. I think this generation is going to see these two imperatives collide. Yeah, and they said the same thing when they raised it to $60. It used to be $50. I'd, I'd also point out that, yes, games are more expensive. They're also reaching more people. Yes. You're also supplementing your income by having, like, downloadable content and loot boxes. And maybe your executives shouldn't be making quite as much as they are. What? A disconnect between the regular price and the CEO's salary? Yeah, you know, small things like that. I was going to say, you could try and limit the CEO's salary based off of, you know, the average average wage of the worker but um then you know then you get bonuses and stock options and everything else that is not an actual salary right so good luck yeah hi you you okay there i'm fine (laughs) okay no i'm good i'm I'm good everything's good everything's chill i totally did not spill a can of Lacroix all over my keyboard (laughs) 
I didn't. I, I almost did, but I didn't. So, Dave, here's a question. When for I you. say I totally didn't, legit, I did not. Like, okay, it's, it's all good. I, I just almost did. All right. What would you do with 400 terabytes? God, that's a lot of space. Yep. What are my limitations? It's magnetic tape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I guess I'd, I'd sell it. That's that's legit what I would do with 400 terabytes and it was magnetic tape storage. I would sell uh, space on it to other people. Because that's that's according to Fujifilm. They have now a technological roadmap <laughs> saying that by um, let's see, when do they when do they have it? Uh, 400 terabytes by 2030, they could have a 400 terabyte magnetic tape drive in 10 years, in 10 years, magnetic tape drive. Yes. The, the density of magnetic tape is just like astounding well they're actually they've changed um i guess they're changing uh, basically uh stronium ferrite now i see barium ferrite in the article is well, that... that's 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 the current that's the current okay. material used and they're going to go to strontium strontium yeah strontium ferrite 224 gigabits per square inch how do you read that like it's it's so information dense how can you move the head slow enough to actually read that? I don't know, but there's probably a YouTube video out there somewhere. Wow. Okay, so the, the current standard right now, LTO 8, actually no, LTO 9, it looks like. Oh no, in standard LTO, we are currently on LTO 8. Raw capacity right now of a tape drive is 12 terabytes. Speed to, uh, looks like to write or probably to read and write. Well, it's read probably, write is yeah. going to be the same speed. Yeah, 360 megabytes per second. Okay. I mean, so, my network can still transfer faster than that. Yes. Time to fill 12 terabytes of data using that speed, 9 hours and 16 seconds. Probably 16 minutes. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah, you're right. 9 hours, 16 minutes. So, like, just start writing random data to it. It would take it 9 hours to fill the, the uh, length. Yes. Which, to be fair, the length is 960 meters. <laughs> That's a kilometer of tape. I wanted to, how big is that tape deck? Is that still, is that still just that? Cause I've, I have a, a reel couple of tape. Of, I have a couple of tape backup systems. Yeah. Still set up in a cup in a market or two, especially since Dell at one point actually had servers built in with their own tape decks. So you could automatically, you know, on the server, just plug in a tape and it would do the, the do the daily backup for you. Let me see. So what we're LTO. Uh, distressingly small. Oh, that is tiny. Those are distressingly small to contain a kilometer of tape. That has to be super thin. And I bet you Google is happy. Oh, yeah, because that's they are the number one consumer of, of magnetic tape. Yep. That's just crazy. That's a lot of tape, and that's a lot of data. I can't believe, like, we are already legit up to 24 terabytes per square inch, right? No, that's total. Never mind. That's not per square inch. That's total size of the tape. Eight gigabits per square inch. Bullshit. They've demonstrated 200 gigabits per square inch but it's it's literally a gigabyte per square inch of tape yeah right now yes gigabyte a square per square inch (sighs) i learned about um uh what was it ip over avian carriers ipoac did you hear about this no Uh, if you go look up rfc 1149 RFC one one four nine. Okay, IP over AV carriers. <laughs> oh, this is another one of the ape. Oh, they always put April Fools' joke RFCs out there, don't they? Yeah, but like it's a legit RFC for April Fools, and this one has actually been implemented. Oh, jeez! Someone did this. Uh, <laughs> 
the the theoretical throughput of uh, oh, and they they added another one that's RFC twenty five forty nine, uh, which adds a quality of service level to it. <laughs> oh. So this is funny. an experimental, not recommended standard. Uh, but the the general idea is if you take like a bunch of flashcards and give them to uh, uh, homing pigeons, you can get better throughput than the internet over certain distances. Well, yeah, it's just like that uh, that black hole photo that was taken. They had so they had some of the hard drives. I think it was like five petabytes or something like that, where they just shipped them over an airplane because it was faster. It was faster, yeah. It was faster to move physically move the data than to electronically transmit the data. Yeah. Didn't didn't XKCD do a what if with a sneaker yeah. net? Yeah, I actually have the what if book right here. So hang on. What if there a index? No, 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 no index. Uh, acknowledgements. I don't know if I've finished reading all of this. This was a really good book. Yeah, I've still got, um, is that over here or is that somewhere else? I've got the uh, <laughs> Adam Ruins Everything book that i got to read at some point. Uh, there is no, ah, here we go. All right, table of contents. Uh, Relativistic Baseball is a really good one. Soulmates, Laser Pointer, Pyramid, Jump, Mola Moles. Lightning, human computer, maybe that. 96. FedEx bandwidth, number 31. FedEx bandwidth? Yeah. When, if ever, will the bandwidth of the internet surpass that of FedEx? Probably never. I need to go back and read this. Ah, there it is. All right, page 192. Uh, and this is, of course, outdated now because storage is even cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he points out using uh, micro SD cards, you could do um, a gallon of, of milk, like the jug, would contain 1.6 petabytes of information. And that's that's old. Yep. The virtually infinite bandwidth of a FedEx-based internet would come at the cost of an 80 million millisecond ping. Well, yeah, that's the... <laughs> Back and forth, no uh, problem. Yeah, that and so work. in in the implementation of of the uh, IP over avian carrier, they actually did include the ping times and packet loss. It had a forty five percent packet loss, which I guess some of the birds just didn't make it. Uh, there was also a fun thing where someone pointed out the um, avian flu would not have a, a significant impact on virtual transmission of data, and they said, "Well, that that ignores RFC one one four nine and RFC two five four nine." All right, we're probably getting close to the end. Yes, yes, we are. So, what do, what um, do you want to talk about? Uh, well, should we just hit the randoms? Sure. Okay. It's my review. Yes, yes, it is. I would like to review. This was great. I had the idea. I knew what I wanted to review, and then I forgot what I wanted to review. And Andy was like, "Was it food based?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, yes, it was." How the hell did you do that? Um, it is food based. I would like to review impossible meat, impossible meat. Okay. Uh, impossible burger meat stuff, fake ground beef. Um, they sell it at my local uh, grocery store at Pick and Save, just across the street. So I went and bought two packages of it. And I'd actually told Laura I was planning on doing this. And she said, don't tell me when you do it. Yeah. Because we have some other friends who are like, yeah, it's getting really close to actual meat. Like, it tastes very good. It, you, can, you can't really tell. And she's like, don't tell me when you make the burgers out of it. Let me just eat it. And then I'll, I'll tell you and I'll let you know. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I didn't tell her. I went and I got the impossible meat. It sat in the fridge for a couple days. Um. And then I made it. And I will tell you, forming the patty was stupid easy. Like, it's not hard to form a patty with ground beef, but it no. does take some work, right? You have to work it into the shape. Mm -hmm. This stuff was like Play-Doh. <laughs> it was like grainy Play-Doh. Like, you just mush it into the shape, and it's that. You I, Actually, now I wonder if you could extrude it. That seems weird, but also doable. Um, so forming the patty was super simple, super easy. Um, 
put it on the grill. Thankfully, I read the directions um, because when I grill ground beef, I usually grill six minutes on a side. Yes. Don't. <laughs> uh, impossible meat cooks a lot faster. Oh, okay. Like a lot faster, like three minutes on a side. Oh my. All right. Um, so I had it on the grill. I cooked it. I pulled it off. And for the first try, it was just the burger. Now I, I got it on the plate and Laura still didn't realize it wasn't ground beef. So like it passed the first cursory visual inspection. It looked like a burger. It even bled quote unquote, like a burger, which was a little weird knowing that it's plant, but also this like red liquid is forming and running out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had overcooked it because I, I didn't didn't trust the packaging of like three minutes aside. Uh, so I'd done like four minutes aside or five minutes on one side. And so it was it was a little overdone. And because of that, it, it did have a different texture. And so she ate it and like, OK, yeah, this is pretty good. And and then I revealed like, OK, that's not actually me. Um, she's like, I wish you had waited to tell me that until I had more than one bite. Um, <laughs> but it there there was you could tell like there there was a, a distinct texture and and taste to it now that said that was the first attempt next day i have the other package and i'm like let's make that so i i squish it down into size again um they're sold in 12 ounce packages which just seems weird so like you have to cut it into thirds if you want to make quarter pound patties um whatever sure fine so i i, I squish them down i put them on the grill uh slightly lower heat this time i only do it for three minutes on a side this time uh I put cheese. No, the first time I put cheese on it, we'd used uh, a sharp cheddar. The second time I didn't put any cheese on it, but I also prepared uh, some some mushrooms and onions on the stove. And so I, that's that's one of the, the things I did. I made like a mushroom, onion and uh, provolone topping for the burger, which was amazing, by the way. Uh, and and so put that on the burger on the plate. And with that topping, you, you couldn't really tell. Like there, there was enough other flavor that it it covered up the, the taste and it, it let through the meat taste and the meat texture. Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, I, I have had impossible meat two times. I've had it in um, a Qdoba burrito, which um, I was okay. Mm-hmm. And then I also had the impossible Whopper. That one, you know, I ate it and I'm like, okay, this is a Whopper. You know, I could not tell the difference, tell the difference, especially since, yeah. you know, my Whoppers are normally like fully loaded with extra pickles and mustard. So yeah, um, yeah, no, I could... I could not tell the, the the burrito. Yeah, because you know that's it's as not as you know. Sometimes when you get the ground beef in a burrito, it's just the ground beef. Like you don't. It's hard to get that full mix. Yeah. But yeah. No. The the impossible whopper. Yeah. No. I honestly could not tell the difference. It was one of those things. It's like you just gave me a whopper and said, "Here you go. Here's a whopper." I'd be like, "Okay, thank you," and I'd eat it and I'd be like, "Okay, yep, yeah." So, so yeah. No. By it by itself, I, yes, you can tell the difference. But mixed in with with other stuff. Yeah. I'm planning on trying uh, with like taco meat to see if I can do impossible tacos oh that that might be yeah because the taco seasoning would probably mask it right yeah um but yeah it it worked well and i may start doing it more often it's it's more expensive like it's more expensive than meat but also is supposed to be significantly better for the environment and for the consumer because yeah it's not red meat yeah so yeah so, no i i i agree with you 100 percent on the impossible stuff there so yeah no i think uh costco has the beyond burgers so I'll have to try that mm-hmm. and you know compare impossible versus beyond but um yeah no i the, the problem is the fact right now that the impossible stuff is more expensive than 
the regular red meat. Like the Impossible Whopper is more expensive than a regular Whopper. The Impossible ground yeah. beef. Well, is more because the, the Impossible meat is more expensive. Yeah, like it, it has to be for now. Mm-hmm. Meat is cheap. Yeah. We've devoted so much of of our like society and and agriculture to meat, but it's yeah. not good for us, and it's not good for the planet. Yeah, the, especially with the factory farms that are going on right now. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I agree with you on that one. So for those of you who want to try it, go. Like I said, I, I I give it a thumbs up. Dave gives it a thumbs up. So rock and roll. Yep. All right. So random topic rolled ahead of time. Dave, do you collect anything? Probably spores, molds, and fungus. No, um, at least not intentionally. <laughs> Yeah. Do I collect anything? I That depends on how you define a collection. I have a collection of aluminum cans in my garage uh, because I was doing the backyard smelting stuff. <laughs> is, is that collecting? I don't know. Am I collecting anything for the purpose of displaying it? Not really. Uh, Laura does. Laura has, has enough of that sort of collection. Yeah, I, uh, used, to, some... I used to collect business cards. Had, yeah. Had like shoeboxes full of business cards. And then I was yeah. like, why why am I collecting these? And I never got anywhere with it. Um we've got we've got a the classics illustrated. We've got the full collection of those. Yeah, that's Kate. I've I've got a couple of comic books. Like I've got I think I've got all of the Assassin's Creed comic books. I'll have to double check that. I think I've got the uh I think I've got most, if not all, of the Hit Monkey comic books, including the uh variant cover. So I have those. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything I don't, I don't know if I really collect. Yeah, I have tools, but that's not really a, a collection of, you know. Nope. That's, it's, I have tools because, hey, I needed a tool, and so I got tools. Yep. Especially since most of the time, it's actually cheaper to buy the set than it is to try and hunt down. An individual piece. Yeah. Yeah, I posted a picture because Isaac was playing with my tools, and my brother's like, oh, that's a great impact socket set. And I'm like, yeah, I needed one thing from that set. <laughs> I needed <laughs> one so socket from that set, and therefore. You have a lot. I have like 12 of them now. Yeah. yeah, no, collections, I don't, yeah, like I said, I used to have the business card collection, used to collect, uh, we had baseball cards for a little bit, uh, stopped that. Uh, yep, had I did the magic, magic Gathering for a while, yeah. but again, not for collecting, I did it for play. Yeah, and that's gone now, too. I basically just went into Fanfare over here and said, here's my magic cards, can you give me five bucks? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure, we'll sure. that much. Because most of his stuff was not very rare at all, but it's just like, I just, you know, I don't want to see these things get go to waste. So if you can resell them, great. If not, you know, whatever. Yep. I've got a bunch of coffee mugs at work. Most of them are actually now from radio stations that no longer exist. <laughs> I've got some, yeah, some Curling Rock stuff. We've got some Hard Rock Cafe glasses. So I think that, I think that's literally the only thing that I, you know, personally had a hand in collecting right now that I currently still have are the Hard Rock Cafe glasses. All right. So that's, that's what I got. I don't think I have anything like that. I mean, I, I again, I have things, but they aren't really things I've collected for the purpose of Collecting. All of the collector's items in the house are things that Laura has purchased. I, does, does the collector's edition of certain things count? If I bought it not for being a collector, but because I just wanted the stuff in it? <laughs> it's like my uh, collector's edition. I the collector's of, edition of WoW? I had the uh, collector's edition of GTA 4. Yeah, I got that one because I got does, the. Does that count? I don't know. That had the duffel bag and the uh, and the safety deposit box. That, yeah, I've got that duffel bag still upstairs. It's, it stores our bowling shoes because it's a perfect size for two pairs of bowling shoes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't have anything else. Used to have a big CD collection. Now it's all ripped on my iTunes hard drive. 
So yeah. So yeah. No. Right now, the only thing that I really have that is an actual, you know, collected for collection's sake is the Hard Rock Cafe mugs or glasses. That's that's okay. that's it for me. So I I don't have that. I don't think I have anything like that. I'm willing to be shown to be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I don't have anything like that. All right. Well, uh, on that note, uh, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>